welcome to Life on Track, the podcast where we explore the soundtracks of our lives and the stories behind them. I'm your host, JB. Hi. Hello. Nice to meet you, or to see you again, or for you to hear, hear me again. You might be familiar with my previous podcast, Isolation Reflections, which was about songs getting us through early lockdown times, but I'm back and I want to expand on that idea and just talk about the songs that have soundtracked our lives and, and had impact on us. And I've broken down the songs into five different subjects that I talk to my guests that I'm really excited for you to hear from. They're really interesting people and I just was so excited to hear what their song choices are and you will be too. I'm excited for you to hear from them. I'll let you know what the subjects of the songs are before we get into the first interview, just so you can get a basis and maybe be thinking of what your songs would be. So I broke them down in these subjects. Something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with weddings. But here's how it goes. Something old. It's a song that when you hear it, it brings you back to a time in your youth, a time in your teen years or your childhood. And just like maybe it was playing on a radio, maybe it just associates with a place or a time or a feeling. Let's talk about it. Something new doesn't have to be a new song, but it's what you're listening to now. What music is playing in your life now and why? Something borrowed is a song or an artist that you would not know about or have heard if it wasn't for someone else in your life, some influence, some important person who had played a role in your life. Let's talk about the song and the person. And then something blue doesn't have to be a sad sounding song, but it's a song you associate with a hard time in life, a time of growth or change or heartbreak or pain or mourning. Let's talk about it. And if they have another song. I also threw them a wild card, and people can pick a wild card song where they just have to talk about this song, even if it doesn't fit in the subjects, and let's talk about it. And our first guest is, I'm so excited about it, at Therapy Jeff on TikTok and on Instagram. On TikTok, he has over 2 million followers. He's a therapist in Portland, Oregon. Um, and yeah, he makes these kind of like one minute videos of giving relationship advice that have really taken off. Here's a little clip. Eight questions to ask yourself if you can't let go of an ex. One, you can't let go or you won't let go. I think we know the answer to that one too. What makes it so hard to let go? Get really specific and write it down because maybe it's not as hard as you think. Three, are you holding on to the fantasy of how amazing the relationship could be and not acknowledging the reality of all the problems? Four, are you holding on to the pain because that's the only way you can stay connected to them? You're so emo and you're so cute. Five, is holding on making you feel stuck and unresolved because that's never gonna go away unless you release them? Six, is holding on protecting you from feeling deep feelings of loss? The answer is yes, probably yes. There are deeper feelings of loss you're likely resisting. Seven, what are you afraid will happen if you let go? Lay out some of the worst case scenarios and see if they're actually that bad. Eight, what exactly would you have to do if you let go? If you started the process today, what's the first step you'd take? So yeah, without further ado, let's dig into the life of a therapist. <laughs> Here's my interview with Therapy Jeff. All right, I'm on the Zoom machine with private practice therapist in Portland, Oregon, um, and a TikTok 
and social media darling with over 2 million followers on TikTok <laughs> and lover of all things 90s, Jeff Gunther, LPC, aka Therapy Jeff. That's me. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. Yeah. We just figured out that we both live in Portland. Um, yeah. 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 I feel that like that makes a lot of sense for you. And I, <laughs> I'm happy that we were so we're so close to each other. So, yeah, if we get loud enough, we might be able to hear each other. It may be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we also have another thing in common. I also um, used to do uh, crisis line work to stuff, too. Oh, really? Um, Here in Portland? Um, not in Portland, but I did run a suicide prevention nonprofit here in Portland for a little while, like oh. um, 2015 called Live Again. Um, nice. It was focused on communities and <laughs> and that stuff. So um, yeah, how did you end up doing that back in the day? Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was when I first moved to Portland. I'm, I grew up in Los Angeles, okay. moved to Portland in 2005. And I, I moved right after I got my graduate degree in marriage and family therapy. And uh, I was going on lots of interviews to like work at community mental health agencies, but I was horrible at interviews. Like I had no idea how bad I was at like getting a real adult job until I finally went on a interview for this like crisis line. It's actually a national crisis line, but they were just like hiring anybody that had a grad school degree and a voice. And so they're like, yeah. you're hired. Like yeah. <laughs> talk to these people. Cause they were just sort of like desperately trying to find people that would work for the crisis line. And it was hard, but I learned so much and I worked there for a year. So it kind of like gave me a good foundation of like helping people that are in severe crisis. That's intense work. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. And then you started your private practice around uh, 2005 then or uh, so a little bit after that like around like 2007 I started my private practice um, I was also like I was mainly seeing kids and families and doing like parenting classes but I was also kind of I was like a baby I was like 25 26 years old like teaching parenting classes right. so his parents were just like who are you like what are you talking about and I was like I know what I'm talking about but yeah that didn't really work out very well um, and so then I <laughs> So then I just started like focusing on clients that were like in my age range yeah. and like that were kind of like my peers. So people in their 20s, maybe early 30s. And those folks were all talking a lot about like relationships, and like feeling really anxious in relationships or feeling codependent or whatever. And also just sort of like existential crisis of like, what do I do with my life? It's not turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. And then I just kept on seeing those people. And I still see a lot of those folks today. Yeah. And then essentially you extended that into your social media platform yeah. and how you can package some of uh -huh. this relationship advice. Yeah. So I just got like really interested in like mostly seeing, you know, people that were talking about relationships or seeing people like, like or seeing couples for couples counseling and premarital therapy, stuff like that. Um, and then in the pandemic, I just got really bored and I was on TikTok all the time and I was like, I know how to do this. I can yeah. do this. I was like, I think I know how to, <laughs> I bet I can do this. I'm going to like make a challenge and see if I can like go viral. And it took me just like four videos until I did. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I got it. So it's just sort of like little 60 second, like mental health tips, usually focused around relationship advice. That's like really easy and digestible to kind of like take in. Yeah. I think you were like a, um, a real suggestion for a while. I was <laughs> my Instagram. And then I was like, okay, what is this? And I was uh -huh. like, this guy got the good handle at therapy, Jeff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah and so yeah you went viral pretty quick then huh i went viral pretty quickly and then i was like i guess this is what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) this is a big piece of like and does that take a lot of your time now Uh, it takes a lot of time and i like it so it's not like yeah it's not hard to do but it's it takes it takes like for one 60 second video it takes like an hour to an hour and a half to make it from like start to finish to write the script do the takes edit it post it on tiktok instagram do an extended video for patreon and so like it can take a while and i usually i post like one or two videos a day so that can take up like half the day um but I'm just like, fuck it. I'm leaning into it. Like, this is what I like doing. So let's see what I can do with it. Yeah. Have you gotten a lot of like, have you gotten very distinct positive responses? Have you, do you have a story of anybody who like was like this video helped me? Oh my God. Yeah. I get recognized in Portland all the time. Like at least more than half of the time I go out, somebody approaches me. And like the number one thing that they usually say, it's usually like 90% of my followers are women. So it's like mostly women that come up to me and they're like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I broke up with my boyfriend because of your videos, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't like, I don't have like a lot of like, you should dump the loser videos. Or I don't have like breakup videos really, but I have like, this is what a healthy relationship is like. And then they right. sort of like, Oh, I'm not in one and I'm going to leave my partner. I got one of the, like the sweetest like interactions I had was over the summer, I went to Edgefield to go see Third Eye Blind. Perfect. Amazing. It was like yeah. love. It was just me and Third Eye Blind. I didn't take anybody because I just like wanted to like be in the moment with Stephen Jacobs. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, I was like sitting on the lawn and somebody like sat right in front of me and turned around and she just like locked eyes with me and she just like came over and just gave me the biggest hug without saying anything. And I was just like, oh, I know what's going on here. Like we yeah. all know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of like leaned back and she was like, I just broke up with my boyfriend because of one of your videos. And I was like, I got to get the fuck out of LA. And I drove up and I drove up to Portland just like on a whim. I've never been here before. And then I saw Third Eye Blind was performing and I was like, this is the best like breakup band you could ever see. And then I sit down and I turn around and it's therapy, Jeff. The reason I broke up with my person oh my gosh it's a sign so there's a lot of like when people see me they're like this is a sign and i'm like it's a sign do whatever you think this sign is and it's a good oh man and you both like saying how's it gonna be at the top of your lungs (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it was the last song that they played and so it's just like (laughs) so like sweet and memorable and yeah it was it was pretty epic Oh, that's so good. Yeah, no, I love the, yeah, just the simplicity. Sometimes I've, I've said like similar advice to friends, like relationship mm-hmm. advice, and then just like send them your video. And they're like, oh. you're right. It does make sense because <laughs> therapy Jeff said it better that's right. and more succinct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that you also drive people to like, this is not therapy. Like this yeah. one minute is not therapy. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Um, I think the third eye blind reference is a perfect time to jump into some songs (laughs) let's do it um let's go in the like let's start with old if that's cool with you let's do it let's start with the old one all right so something old and you picked basket case by green day let's listen to a little bit of it do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it 
Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up And I'm just paranoid I'm I'm going to stop it there right before it says, I went to a shrink to analyze my dreams. (laughs) I'd like to think that maybe somehow that that song influenced me to become a shrink. That is that's the that's one of the most like interesting parts of the song as I got older. Yeah. And he was saying about like, I went to a shrink to analyze my dreams. It's interesting because like the shrink is. um it's it's a woman and the right. woman's like you need to go see a prostitute yes <laughs> and the prostitute that he sees is a man as a man yes exactly yeah um and and i like i never really like put that together when i was 13 years old i just like didn't listen to the lyrics or i didn't think yeah. about that until way later and i was like oh and then billy joe like eventually talked about how he's bisexual right. and that's how it was kind of like influenced. I was like, Oh, that's a nice little nugget that I like didn't pay attention to at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I work at a karaoke bar. I work at chopsticks. Oh, um, nice. And we have, um, there's the, there's an incorrect lyric version that says uh, it reverses the pronouns. And so oh, I've, really? <laughs> I've deleted the file. because <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. No, don't take away his bisexuality in this song. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love that that that's that's true. Yeah, and I love that the first song from the therapist I have on the show is Basket Case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's a song all about like neuroses, panic attack, like doubting yeah. yourself. But I picked that song because <clears throat> that was the first song where I like officially became obsessed with music like i was listening to music before then but it was sort of like music that was like handed to me that it like i don't know like for like an aunt bought me a bobby brown tape or something or uh there's just like there was like very influenced by like radio play or something like pop radio play i was actually like i was influenced where I I, th- I was like thought that I was going to be really into like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Like I was starting to get really excited for the Chronic album that was dropping really soon, yeah, yeah. and and I was just like I'm a Snoop Dogg fan. This is who I am. And then, but once I heard Radio uh, Radiohead, I, well, I don't know why I said that. Once I heard Green Day on the radio, I just was like, this is it. And I heard it in this like the first time I heard it, I was like at camp like going to camp and I was in this big van with all these kids that were getting picked up in LA being driven to the camp that I was going to and there was a really cool kid <laughs> in the van that like the the song came on the radio head the song came on the radio and this kid like knew the lyrics word for word and he started singing it and I was like this kid is the coolest fucking kid I've ever met and I was like, I want to be like him and this is it. So like the only, I, I felt like the only album that came out and like, I think it was like 1994 was yeah. Green Day's Dookie. Like that was just so important to me. Yeah. I bought the CD with my allowance for sure. And the Goofy movie soundtrack the same day. 
um yeah no that yeah i think it's it's so interesting because they were yeah they it was like it was like punk breaking on this pop radio but it mm -hmm. was the most punk thing of all because yeah you especially as a child you see mm -hmm. like yeah this cool kid that totally makes sense so like when you hear that song can you be brought back to like sitting in that van and oh my god yeah i was like i, I can write back to like sitting in that van the way it smelled the way that kid was just sort of like going crazy in the back yeah and the like energy that took over him and then like took over me and then I just like the video is just like in my is so like present in my brain because it was yeah. so it was like one of the first videos I felt that was just so colorful where it just like popped off the screen and all the videos before that were just like grungy and dark and right. sad you know so it was just like I it was like mesmerizing just because like the visual effects were were so uh, apparent you know yeah no, yeah. that that's huge. That totally makes sense. That I was so excited that was your old because that was <laughs> I, I sat in Nick Guthrie's basement and listened to that C over and over with like the lyrics <laughs> unfolded and stuff. But and it was just it's so it's like such a good song to sing along to. It's so poppy and it's so fun. Mm -hmm. And and it like it really kind of like for me to find like this is what like alternative music feels like we're moving from grunge which was really only like a few years right like 91 to like 94 maybe and then it like shifted into like green day and punk or punk like pop punk and right. i really got into green day and the offspring at that time they were very important bands to me that makes sense mm -hmm. all right um you want to jump to something new yeah jump let's do current it current times all right mm -hmm. We got Yellow by Tegan and Sarah. I'm so vain, I can't look away. I'm so vain, I can't look again. I mean, I'm, I've always been a really big Tegan and Sarah fan. They're like so fun, so hooky, so sweet, so funny too. Like if you see them live, they're just like joking around the whole time. Yeah. I got almost like the same vibe as like, if you see Blink-182 live and they're just like joking around the entire time, it's like a comedy set. Um, so I just like, I love the rapport between Tegan and Sarah. And they write really good love songs and heartbreak songs. Um, and so if there's any, like a heartbreak song, any heartbreak song can like pull me in because I work with heartbreak. I talk to clients all day long 
about their heartbreak. And heartbreak is one of the most painful fucking things you can go through. And it's also something that like I go through a lot going through relationships myself. And when I feel heartbreak, it it's like it can be devastating and it can just like take over everything. And so that grief just sort of like really uh, like floods me and affects my like day to day. And there, and I just got out of a uh, two-year relationship. Okay. And so there's just like, I'm still feeling like a lot of grief, a lot of sadness. And this breakup is sort of like reminding me of past breakups and listening to this song. It's sort of a, like about that where like you can be bruised and it's kind of healing, but it's not totally healed. And it's kind of like when a bruise turns yellow where it's almost healed, but there's yeah. still pain there. And you're kind of like reliving pain from the past, from the past bruise or from your past life or the events that you that you went through. So it feels like the current breakup that I'm going through is bringing up old feelings of past breakups or just even like disconnect with my family mm -hmm. and like missed opportunities. So it feels like a real, real like emo song for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where I can get like really emotional. And I also like that it's called Yellow, which sort of like harkens back to Coldplay's Yellow. Right. <laughs> And so it's that's kind of like a nice little fit for me because Coldplay's Yellow was like my song that I had with my first like true love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it all okay. kind of like wow, yeah. fits perfectly together. Have you I've uh, like I was excited for you to explain Tegan and Sarah because I love Tegan and Sarah too. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I want to see what Jeff said. No, I've seen them live, they're amazing and like yeah, their banter and stuff. And mm -hmm. then um, have you seen the video for this? I have, yeah, where they're walking, yeah, where they're where like it's simulating. Just, it's emulating yellow, yellow uh -huh. yeah, the Coldplay song. So yeah, I was like, that's so neat too. Yeah, no, I, um, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and that really helps like fill out. I was like, when you said this song, I was like, there's a breakup that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I love, I love um, their songs and their songwriting. And yeah, mm -hmm. that totally makes sense. Um, do you find that you like, will latch on to that a lot when like processing stuff you'll like mm. play to get put together a playlist for yourself or like I do songs. and it's it's because songs are just you know, I mean for everybody but it's, especially for me the songs kind of like bring you back to a certain time period mm -hmm. and so there's like I I create playlists on purpose like I was married for about nine years and then got divorced a few years ago. And while I was going through that divorce, I was just like, I'm really fucking sad. <laughs> like yeah. this doesn't feel good, but I'm going to like create a very specific playlist so that I like all these songs are like cemented in this moment yeah. and I can come back to it when I want. And, and when I, when I am now, when I do revisit that playlist of like my divorce playlist, yeah. it doesn't bring me down into like a deep, sad, dark place. And I can kind of like have, I have peace with it. There's like some, um, there's actually some like happiness or like, I'm proud of myself for like getting through a really hard time. And now those songs have like a different sort of like resonance. Um, and I know that like what I'm doing right now with like, Tegan and Sarah, the whole new album for Tegan and Sarah, I'm just like constantly listening to it and it's really connecting me with my breakup and I'm going to be able to like kind of reconnect with that breakup like for the rest of my life through this album. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Then you get some distance from it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, 
we're not too different, me and you. Um, I was in a I was in a ten year marriage, oh. um, and got divorced a while back, and made also a journal playlist called How to Be Alone. Um, but nice. yes, yeah, very similar. Yeah, you can look yeah. back on these things and like kind of like laugh at yourself a little bit sometimes, and um, but like see what that yeah pain was, and then go okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a new place now. And, I'm in a new place and I can still get in touch with that pain and that sadness in a way that's right. not as like, it's not hijacking me anymore, right. but like, I'm also kind of like honoring it because I yeah. loved my wife or I loved my last girlfriend right. and they hold a special place in my heart. And so this is a way to kind of like revisit them and be, and feel connected with them if I'm not connected with them in real life. Uh, so yeah, it's these like sweet little time capsules um, that I take very seriously. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm fully on that page and like, yeah. Love to hear that's, it. That's great. Um, let's talk about, um, so the something borrowed is something, an artist or a song that came from someone mm-hmm. who's important in your life. Yes. Um, let's talk about that for a second before we play okay. any of the songs. This was the hardest one, the hardest song for me to pick because like, as I was going through like all the artists, I was just like, wow, I don't think I let anyone influence me ever. <laughs> These are all mine. <laughs> yeah. Like they very well could have been influenced by people, but I owned them so quickly that I've like forgotten, like who right. were the people except for the pipettes. And um, that was given to me, or it was like, uh, that was uh, my like very uh, first friend in Portland, Brandon, introduced me to them. And he is just like, super fucking cool. Like this guy has like, you know, like, very good taste in music, so good that I have like no idea who he's listening to it's just like way over my head he has a radio show on like x-ray fm and here like a local radio station in portland and so a lot of the music that he listens to is just like i don't get uh but there was this one band the pipettes where he was listening to them and it was like so insanely catchy and cute and lovely and any like good song with a good hook and a good chorus can like really uh pull me in and they were able to do it. And Brandon is like, uh, he, like I was his best man at his wedding and, and he was my best man at my wedding. Like he's like a big part of the reason I stayed in Portland instead of like moving back home because like we were so close, mm, wow. we were roommates together in Southeast. And so we were uh, like my, I've been friends with him now for 17 years and Portland is Portland because of my like best friendship with him. So wow. Um, and he's like maybe the only person that was able to like influence me to like listen to a band (laughs) that I didn't discover on my own and they're just so fun and so cute yeah I mean it's not too different from Basket Case which is also (laughs) influenced but yeah you're like this that's true yeah yeah, that's Um, that's really cool to hear that too because when when there's someone who has like music taste that might feel intimidating Mm -hmm. but like this band is so accessible like I listened to these tracks that you put that you sent to me and I think you sent them in a wonderful order too because I'm gonna play <laughs> a little bit of pool shapes mm-hmm. um because this is just a straight up like dance pop song oh yeah and like I, everyone can like it so easy to yeah. listen to there's no like yeah 
you're not tugging on any heartstrings quite yet. You're just like, let's go. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I saw them perform live at the Wonder Ballroom. Okay. And they were like, they put on the best performance. They're not a thing anymore. Okay. They, they like only made two albums. Um, but uh, they're just so catchy. I love those earworms, you know? Did you see that show with Brandon? I saw that show with Brandon, and actually, they I saw it free because they were letting people in for free if you dressed up in a Halloween costume because it was Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, I still remember that show and how lovely it was. It was just like the three women that were like all on stage, and then the people that were like playing the instruments in the back were all men. And they were wearing gray and they just blended into the background. Like you just could barely see them because it was just like these women were putting on like the most fun, cute, like adorable show you could ever see. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's interesting that, yeah, most music, as you look back, felt like it was all your own. But then you were able to. (laughs) That's it. That says something about me. There's some sort of like uh, selfish or like narcissistic. like I own all this music and nobody else can influence me sort of thing. Maybe something I should look into, but probably not going to. (laughs) I mean, the first line in both yellow and basket case is both concerning. What is it? I'm so vain. I can't look away. And then do you have time to listen to me? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Become reverse therapy, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, That's. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to dig into the hard stuff um, okay. so, <laughs> with, uh, yeah, something blue. I'm going to play a little bit of Little Red Light by Fountains of Wayne. Rain's coming down, I can't see a thing. Radio's broken, so I'm whistling. Here we are tonight, feels like a hundred miles. It's not Were you into Fountains of Wayne? Not really. I know that was like, that was the first one where I was like, I don't know this. I don't know this song particularly or whatever, you know. <laughs> I work at a karaoke bar, so I hear Stacy's mom a sure. lot. Classic. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, no, I was, I'm interested to hear like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sadly, the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne mm-hmm. died. He was one of the first like celebrity casualties to COVID. Um, yeah. So I thought he was like such a fun, interesting songwriter. He was also, they wrote the song in that movie. That thing you do. Uh, that thing you do. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, they know how to write really fucking catchy songs. And if you haven't caught on already, like I love catchy songs, you know? Um, yeah. But this one, uh, so this song is off of the album with Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom, I think is the worst song on that album. Yeah. <laughs> 
because there's a lot of sweet, lovely, really well-written and produced songs on that album. I encourage everyone to check it out. But this album was important to me because, um, so the my first love, Marissa, uh, the one that I had the song Yellow with, um, <laughs> we dated for three years. And I I dated her from like 19 to 22 years old. And then we broke up. And when she broke up with me, it was just like tragic heartbreak out of nowhere. I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was going to like be with her forever. I mean, I was only like, I was a baby. So I wasn't really, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked out either way. But like, I really thought that this was it. I had like met the love of my life. I'm so lucky to have met her so early. I get to like spend all these years with her. I was planning out my future. And then out of nowhere, it seemed to me she wanted to end the relationship. It makes sense that she wanted to end it. But at the at the time, I was just like crushed. Right. Uh, and I was also starting grad school. So it was like the first, like she broke up with me the night before I started graduate school. And I went to grad school and I had like been listening to this album over and over again. And it was back in 2003. And back in 2003, uh, I don't think I had a cell phone yet. But what I did have was... <laughs> a black uh, phone like they talk about in the song that was like hanging on my wall that had an answering machine. And it was like literally me coming home from school every day, rushing home to see if this answering machine had a red light that was blinking that would have told me that like Marissa called me to be like, I'm so sorry, let's get back together. I was just like, craving that phone call and since I didn't have like a cell phone I wasn't like able to know if she called or not until I got home so I was just like anxious and twisted up inside the whole day and that little red light on that answering machine became like the center of my universe for two whole years I was like waiting for her to to call and she never did (laughs) so (laughs) I like I had this very complicated relationship with my answering machine. And I'm also like, if somebody breaks up with me and I'm, I'm not going to call them. I'm I'm not calling them because I'm like out of respect. I don't want, so I'm just going to like, let you be the one to call me. I don't know why I came up with that, but that's just sort of like, that's how I operate. And I also think that this like song is so dramatic. It's like, so like, it's like, oh my God, calm the fuck down with like, (laughs) but it's also like very in line with how I was feeling. I was such a dramatic little 22, 23 year old waiting for my ex-girlfriend to call me. So it really resonated. Yeah. I mean, it is dramatic, but the song itself feels fun. It's one of those songs that you would probably hear. And if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, you would just feel like, oh, this is a fun, like driving around city song yeah Um, exactly it's a sad it's a sad topic written to like a happy like up-tempo beat or something which is similar to like it's kind of like why like the the band the bleachers you know Mm -hmm. or like jack antonoff just like writes these really sad songs that are super catchy and fun to sing along with so if there's if there if that's what's going on in a song it like will always pull me in and you can like, and those that I've found that you can play those around friends and they're not like, please turn this sad shit <laughs> yeah, off. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Coming home and just like looking for that. I remember like similar to like with breakups with even like, um, like MSN messenger or AOL. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and just like logging on or you'd see that they would get on oh god yes. <laughs> and you'd be like maybe they'll maybe they'll message me i can't yeah 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 and it's still i mean we still have that sort of thing we don't have to wait as long to like come home and check their answering machine or log on to america online like now it's just like in our hands where we're just like waiting for that notification or that little red like badge to pop up on our phone oh god might be left on scene or something oh god (laughs) it's so painful Um, yeah yeah we're carrying that little red light around all the time yeah yeah, Which, I don't know if that's good, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably more bad than good. Yeah. There's some sort of like strength or resilience or something you have to build up when like you have to like not know all day long and then eventually go home to see right. if they, but then it's even like more crushing or something. Um, yeah, it, it's it, 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 so yeah, this, this song is also kind of like, kind of uh, like you're really connected to your technology too connected to your technology it's sort of like leading into that as well i think yeah i can see that yeah and they even say radio shack at the end yeah ah rest in peace radio shack i love that fucking place (laughs) i would always go just go there to get a cord i need this thing that goes into this and that do you have this (laughs) Yeah, I got so many cords there. And somehow they had the cords and the adapters. They always had the cord, yeah. Super impressive. Uh, so many versions of RCA into something. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that's a, that's a good pick. Um, but now I will dig back into that album and just skip Stacy's mom. And then I'll yeah, skip, T- skip Stacy's mom. It's the really the lyrics, the writing on that album are so good. And so like, I think maybe almost every song is kind of like a relationship or heartbreak song. Yeah. So also if you're just kind of like feeling sad go ahead and put that album on there was another another song on that album called valley winter song i i almost chose that one because it's like very sweet maybe the most beautiful song on the album and i was you know marissa broke up with me i'm very sad months later just sitting in front of like my class i haven't gone in yet i'm sitting on the stairs and i'm listening to the album and my ipod valley winter song comes on and it was like one of the first times that i felt relief like all of a sudden i felt like everything was going to be okay i felt light i felt happy i felt hopeful and it was right when that song came on so now if i ever like need to kind of like get a little bit of a lift i can turn on valley winter song and i can remember that moment Uh, and it's like a spiritual experience to me yeah Mm-hmm. yeah that's amazing uh, like yeah I think you think of music very similar to me yeah <laughs> you can yeah you don't have to find that journal you can just search the yeah. thing and be like okay and yeah, get back it takes me right song. back yeah um yeah and like getting messages all the time I was thinking about I've sat in therapy I've had to turn my phone on like do not disturb and I'm in therapy because I'd be like talking about a relationship and then I get a text from that person and <laughs> which maybe that sometimes you can do that but yeah oh no, I I, there, yeah I love whenever that happens in therapy and somebody doesn't have their phone off but they get a text from the person that they're talking about I'm like read that shit to me right now I right. gotta know <laughs> I've done that before too <laughs> yeah okay well now they're saying uh-huh. <laughs> and then I will gladly spend the whole rest of the session coming up with a response for you with you let's and workshop like, this yeah <laughs> like your therapist will write this text with you like this is the service i provide <laughs> yeah. but you're like but give me credit and so that <laughs> yeah. they follow me <laughs> tag me on instagram when you send it definitely 
Uh, oh man. All right. So tell me about, um, you had a wild card pick too. Um, mm, what's your mm-hmm. wild card pick? Uh, it's well, it's not a surf, not a surf is my favorite all time band hands down. Okay. Um, I love not a surf and the song I picked was inside of love. So yeah. So yeah, we can play it a little bit if you want. first. Okay. Watching terrible TV, it kills all fun. Getting spacier than an astronaut. Making out with people I hardly know a It's a beautiful song. I listened to it last night when I got your picks. And um, <clears throat> honestly, I had somewhat forgotten about Not a Surf. Um, oh, yeah. So sorry to your favorite band. <laughs> um, but um, the the song Blonde on Blonde on the same oh, album, so um, I remember that used to come up on like Pandora stations for me mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And that can bring me back to a totally different time in my life. So, um, so it was good to reconnect with this band. Yeah, tell me about what you know what this band means to you in this song oh god there that that album the album that this is off of and also blonde and blonde is called let go and it's just like my favorite album by my favorite band every single song is special to me and has memories connected to it um they also had a hit in the 90s if we remember you know right called popular yeah and it was it was like a really good video. It was really silly. It was really funny. Um, luckily, I don't think that they're a one-hit wonder. They've had like many. They've written many albums that are really good with lots of great songs. Um, but that was the thing that, like in the '90s, that's how I was turned on to them first by like their popular song. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of forgot about them and. Once again, it's coming back to Marissa and that horrible heartbreak that I had during grad grad school, where I went to the first concert that I ever went to alone, just by myself, is when I went to go see Not A Surf. And also, The Long Winters were opening for them. Do you know who The Long Winters are? They're like a Seattle band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was just me in Hollywood at the Troubadour. So it was kind of like this famous venue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just like... I was like on the balcony on the front row watching Not a Surf, and they were playing all my favorite songs from this album. And I was so, and I was just sort of like weepy and and kind of like choked up the whole time because I was going through that like horrible heartbreak. Right. Um, <clears throat> but they were like so impressive live. And I was just like, every single time I can go see Not a Surf live, I'm going to go. So I've probably seen them maybe 
15, 16 times. Like whenever they come up to the Pacific Northwest, they see them in Portland, in Seattle. And this one time I went up to Seattle by myself because it's like a ritual. I will not go with anybody to go see okay. not a surf. Like I do not want to worry about if you're having a good time or if you want to leave or if you want to fucking drink. I don't give a shit. It's just yeah. me and the band. Me, yeah. yeah. And this one time I drove up to Seattle and I was like uh, really excited to go see the show. I was eating dinner at this restaurant by the venue like sitting at this little table and in comes not a surf and they like they walk in and they sit at the table right next to me all four of them and I was like holy shit like this is like <laughs> amazing I can't believe they're sitting I've like had this like secret relationship with them for so long in my head and Matthew the lead singer like looks at me and he says hey do I know you and I was like yes you do <laughs> He's like, how do I know you? And I was like, I mean, I go to like all your concerts in the Pacific Northwest. He's like, oh, yeah, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> I thought maybe you were like a friend of a friend. I was like, oh, no, but we're friends. And he's like, we're in a relationship. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and he was like, hey, well, why don't you just like join us and sit at our table and have dinner with us? And it was just like so lovely and so sweet. I got to like ask him all these questions about not a surf and the songs i learned this one thing that seems maybe like obvious to other people but wasn't obvious to me where i was like hey can you play at that time like my favorite not a surf song was beautiful beat okay. and i was like can you play beautiful beat for me like i love that song and they're like no actually that's like not on our playlist and i was like can you just put it on your playlist <laughs> Can you add it? Can you just like go ahead and just play it? And they're like, I'm we your can't... friend. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we can't just play it if we haven't rehearsed it. Like, I don't remember how to play that song. And that was like so crushing to me. I was like, you don't know how to play every single fucking song that you've yeah. ever written before. What is going on? This is your one job, not a surf. Like, right. <laughs> do this for me. I didn't say that, but I felt it inside. Um, but it was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, they know how to play the 17 songs that they've rehearsed that's what they're going to play it's kind of yeah. ridiculous for me to ask them to play something they haven't rehearsed um but yeah it was but that song in particular is my probably my favorite not a surf song all time just because it's also kind of dramatic like like the fountains of wayne just sort of like oh i'm so hurt this is so hard how am i going to get through this and it, it talks about that little part where like maybe you start like making out with somebody that you don't yeah. really want to hook up with because you're really not over your ex yet. And it just yeah. feels so empty and gross. Um, and you're just like yearning because like you want to feel the inside of love again. But the best part for me is when you get all the way to the end of the song. And I can't remember the lyrics specifically, but it's something like, everything's going to be okay. I just had a bad night. Yeah. Where it's just like, I'm being like the most dramatic thing ever. But when it comes down to it, it's just like, <laughs> I had a bad yeah. night. It's going to, then for me, it feels like it's going to be okay. I'm wallowing a bit, but I'm like leaning into it a little bit too hard. I'm being too emo. You know what I mean? Right. No, that's, it's the grounding. It's like the yes. grounding technique, essentially. Yes. It's like, let yourself feel it. <laughs> but then yes. at the end, yeah, it says, it says, of course, I'll be all right. I just had a bad night. Just had a bad right. night. Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, it's like a mantra. It's like a. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes total sense um yeah but sometimes you just gotta let yourself be in that feeling and exactly it. yeah. it's important to feel it you got to go through those feelings in order to like get over it 
Um, but also like, it's important to put them in perspective and know that this feeling will pass. And maybe it's like extra heavy tonight because you're really leaning into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I loved the, just the lyric. I want to be on the inside of love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Cause we just say like in love or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that feeling of like, I don't know how to connect in new relationships or like, you know, and you have that dramatic thought of like, Mm-hmm. will I ever feel that again yeah. and like <laughs> yeah. to think of that phrase as like will I ever be inside of love again yes it's like a really interesting way to put that so um, it yeah, is no. yeah yeah he I, I think like also if you like just read not a surf lyrics especially this song you can like read it and be like oh this is a uh, pretty fucking sappy but like the way that like the lead singer Matthew like sings it he pulls it off and and just really kind of like sucks you in um yeah so if you ever have a chance to go see them live they're amazing unfortunately the the song popular like their first 90s hit they don't play very often they maybe only play like 20 percent of the time but when they do play popular oh god it is amazing like the whole like crowd loves it everyone's like singing along to it it's really fun well, if I go and I see you there, I won't say hi because you better you're not alone. say fucking yeah. <laughs> Do not acknowledge me. I'll be so fucking angry. But when the when the show is over, let's hang out. Let's okay, have a drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm just this is me and my diner buddies. Like leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I love these picks. I love um, this, and I'm gonna literally like I'm gonna dig back into like these albums that you're. Yeah. That you're throwing at me if I don't know already, but yeah, let's have people follow you on, yeah. <laughs> on all the things if they don't already. Um, and it's therapy Jeff on both Instagram and TikTok, right? Yep. Therapy Jeff on Instagram and TikTok. I also have a Patreon, which is also yes. under therapy Jeff. If you want like extra premium content relationship advice. And it's only four bucks. It's only four bucks a month. Yeah. How do I like, you not? I got to get, get on yeah. that. Yeah. You got to get um, on that. I also have a podcast with a co-host called This Changes Everything. So if you want even more like therapy, mental health, relationship advice, go check that out. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking about music. And yeah, I love it. It's kind of, it's nice talking about music and not always talking about relationships. Although I talked about relationships the whole time. (laughs) Never mind. As like t- talking about relationships through a musical lens is like something yeah. I don't always get to do. So I was really excited to come on and I was happy that you contacted me. Huge thanks to Therapy Jeff for being the first guest on the new format of the podcast. Links to his social media profiles, Patreon, and podcast are in the episode description. Also sending a huge thanks to Deaf Dog for learning their track Encouragement Pit to be the groovy little theme song for the podcast. I'm so excited for this podcast. I'm so excited that you're listening. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on. Send us reviews and also give me a follow on Instagram. I'd love to say hi. I'm at Juicebox Says and the podcast is at Life on Track Podcast. Give it a little follow. Next episode, I'm going to talk to Tuck Malloy, who is a sex educator, and I love their song picks and you will love to hear what they picked as well. I'm going to close out this episode with staying in theme with songs that sound like you could dance to them, but are about processing hard things in relationships. Something that I've been listening to a little bit recently. It's called Being Pulled by Blonde Maze, and it's remixed by Polar Inc. Here's a little clip of that to close us out. And I'll see you next time on Life on Track. Breaks my heart.